Welcome to this week's Live Transform series. This is episode 19. I'm Bob Meissner. Next to me, my beautiful wife, Audrey, and always, Dr. Jim Richards. Jim, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. May I, you, you know what? I, I, for, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because I've gotten several emails from Canadians recently. I, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but, but you know what? I'm just so thankful for getting to share in helping to just minister to people that that I would really never get to have a part of if it weren't for you guys. And I just appreciate so much you, you including me and making me a part of, of uh, touching Canada, America, and the rest of the world together. Well, thank you, Jimmy. No, we couldn't do this without you. We love that you've done so much seeking God. You know, I was actually reading a decree today that it, it said, my inner parts of my soul seek after the King. And I think that that's what we are all doing is just really wanting to seek after his wisdom. And I know that that's why you, our listener, are here because you really want to seek after him and know him and make it your purpose to know him in a very deep and intimate way. And as we speak through some of these components of transformation, I know sometimes last week we really really dealt with the difference between dead works and good works. And I thought that was so great. And and we think, why do we have to know such deep theological understanding of such a thing? Why is that part of the foundation? So could you answer that, Jim? You know, I can. And, and I, I want to kind of give an ex, a little bit of an expanded answer. You know, I got an interesting letter just, just last week from uh from someone who at one time i was really really pretty close to and and i can remember as this person began as their life began to fall apart and as they began to make really some destructive choices about how they were going to live their life uh their theology began to change and and so like many people uh you know paul talked about he said we don't preach ourselves and and that concept has to do with the fact of shaping and molding our doctrine to fit our circumstances and to justify, you know, our individual lives. And so as this person began to go off the rails, one of the things as I tried to talk to him that became evident was he didn't really have a foundation. He didn't really understand the most foundational aspects of, of the gospel and, and, and how to relate to God and even what it means to relate to God by faith. And so in, in his mind, uh, any, any effort that you put into to develop your character, to develop your life, was, was works. And in his mind, all works were bad. He had no differentiation between good works and, and, and dead works. And so, you know, when we start talking about transformation— if a person does not understand the concepts of good works and dead works and faith toward God, then, then most people will unintentionally, by default, view transformation as, as dead works. I mean, they may not use that terminology, but they'll view it as some kind of works that they're having to do to try to get God to love them, to try to get, you know, get qualified for, for God's blessings. And they will take it someplace that we're not intending for it to go. Uh, but, but they'll still end up in a wrong place and it really won't work because, you know, dead works, uh, are juxtaposed over against faith in God because faith in God is about trusting what God has already done through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So unless we get a person to that place, unless a person understands these foundational doctrines, uh, 
<clears throat> they could dive off into any kind of weird doctrine when that's not what we're intending at all. Yeah. Jim, I've also just <clears throat> kind of noticed in, in our in our very culture these days that people are really trying or wanting to reduce or minimize the word of God, the Bible. Yep. And and they're and they're wanting to make it just a, another piece of literature, you know, that yep. that would be similar to other faith, there's other writings, and they're just trying to make it very common. You know, w- w- would be yeah. my understanding. Well, you know, that that goes back to two basic factors in my mind. And and you know, when I counsel with people and minister to people one-on-one and and I begin to see that they don't have value proper value for the Word of God. Uh, you know, I, I, re- I always find certain common denominators there. First of all, I find that they really don't understand the Word of God. They, ha- they don't have a comprehensive understanding of the Word of God. You know, one of the reasons Jesus could minister to somebody, you know, to a group of, of people for, for about three years, and they, could, they would lay down their life for the gospel and spend the rest of their lives influencing the world and as opposed to us, where we minister to people for 30 years that never become stable. Huh. And and the, the primary difference, first and foremost, is they had a fundamental understanding of the Word of God. Now, they misapplied it, but they understood they understood the Word of God. And, um, you know, at, and, and when, the, um, when the universal church was born, there was a de- deliberate effort— to separate the Old Testament from the church mm-hmm. because the universal church really was not about Jesus. It was about establishing a church, an organization, an entity that whereby the world could be conquered. And so mm-hmm. it, wasn't about, it wasn't about spiritual value. It was about carnal power. And, uh, and see, the, the, we can't we can't understand what Jesus was trying to show us about God if we don't know the Old Testament. Because, because you know, it didn't go away. God didn't change his mind about all this. If God never changes, Jesus just revealed the, the true motives, true intentions, what God really meant and intended in everything that he said. But if you don't know what he said— then it's then it's really easy to take what Jesus taught, and and uh, uh, just in a very subjective way start uh, creating your own interpretations of what he means because you have no anchor. So so number one, people just absolutely don't know the word of God. Therefore, they don't know the character and nature of God. And then the second thing that I find is is that uh, many of these people that. Uh, that don't have value for the word of God, they've never really applied it to their life very much. It's been it's been ideas, dogma, doctrine, you know, but it hasn't been the way that they've that they've managed their life. Therefore, they they really haven't had a lot of experiences with the word of God bringing value to their life. You know, you look at at the psalmist man; he talks about how much he loved the word of God, and, and you know how he hungered for the word of God, mm-hmm. and. And if a person doesn't love the word of God, hunger the word of God, the problem is they've never really put they've never really put it into application in their life. Uh, 
in a way that they got to see, man, this is incredible. This really works. Okay, so for the average person, we're all we're all the listeners right here. Um, this can be a little overwhelming because we think, well, do you know you have to can't help but ask yourself the question: Do I know the Word of God? Like I know a lot of people that know, quote unquote, more of the Word of God than I do. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not doing this right, or maybe I'm not seeking God. I mean, I I. I actually started off the podcast saying we're seekers of God, like those who diligently seek him will find him. I don't think he's hiding from us or trying to just give his deep foundational understanding to an elite group of people. I And I don't believe you have to be, have a certain IQ level to understand the word of God. So can you help me just with, with, as the listener here right now, what does it mean for me to truly love the word of God? What are some of the indicators in my life? Well, you know, of course, first of all, you know, the Bible tells us, You'll search for me and find me when you search mm-hmm. for me with all of your heart. And and so, and, and you know, Jesus said in the New Testament, he said, he said, seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. So, so searching for God is not just the casual approach that, that we take or that you see Christians taking today. You know, seeking God. I mean, stop and think about it. We go to school eight hours a day for 12 years of our life, uh, learning how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. And sadly, these days when you go to school, starting even in kindergarten, it's brainwashing. It's, it's, it's teaching you anti-God values and principles. And so we don't have parents teaching people how teaching kids how to live the Word of God. We don't have parents teaching the values of the Word of God, which is where it all starts. It, you know, it, it all starts with t- with understanding values as a child, but then stop and think. Then people will go to college. They'll, you know, they'll get an deg- undergraduate degree. They'll get a master's degree. They'll get a doctorate's degree because they have this idea that in, in that intellectual knowledge is life. And, and you've got you know, you know, you've got good people. I'm not, they're not bad people, but they're studying hours a day, not just in the classroom, but going home and studying to, to make good grades that, uh, that in their spiritual life, they're hoping that 30 minutes in a Sunday school class or 20 minutes listening to a sermon is going to give them the stability that they need. You know, that's, that's insanity. And, and, you know, if we're not as hungry to, learn who God is and how to incorporate God into our life and 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 the wisdom and the value of his word. If we're not as hungry for that as we are for all the other kinds of knowledge that we seek, then the real truth is we're not going to find much of it because we're not really seeking it with all of and our And I heart. think that's such a good answer, Jim, because it's not the matter of how smart you are. It's more how hungry no. are you? Because I know as a child, he he always meets me where I am in my understanding level as far as intellect or that goes. It's not having an intellectual understanding, as you said, of the Word of God. This is more how hungry are you when you wake up in the morning? Does your soul uh, wake up ready to seek God and to commune with Him and to learn and to understand His ways more, understand His character more? I think that, and and those things are all found, you know, as we do seek out the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we can even bring it down to a little, even something that sounds more applicable and more functional. Here, here, here's the question. Uh, do I want good relationships? 
am I, you know, do I, do I want to succeed at life and, and not have trouble all the time, not have conflict all the time? Mm-hmm. Do I, do I want to have, do I have any desire to have moral and ethical character? Uh, you know, do I want to make people around me, you know, feel good? And, and so, so basically what we've, you, you know, People go to college. I mean, stop and think about it. People are getting better educations, and and the world system, which is based on Luciferian concepts, has told us if we'll get a better education, violence will go down. I mean, how many times do you do you hear people say, "Well, if there were just more jobs, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have violent crime in the inner city." Let, let me tell you something. There there is a degree of truth to that. But the real truth is, it doesn't matter how many jobs people have if they don't have character. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how how much of an education a person has if they don't have character. They'll if you if you don't have character, you'll still cheat, lie, do all of those kinds of things mm-hmm. that you're doing because you're going to be trying to feel good about yourself through acquisition of uh, people, merchandise, sexual experiences, or, or whatever. So. So the question is, do you want to live a life in a way that you have peace inside, the way that people around you are not destroyed? Uh, and, and that's, you know, when I, when I gave my life to the Lord, I wasn't reading the Bible to try to please God. I wasn't reading the Bible to try to, to try to earn something from God. I was reading the Bible because I understood this. Now, see, Educate, and I've got a good education. I've got three earned doctorate degrees and one honorary doctorate degree, and I've got a list of certifications so long uh, that it fills up a notebook, <laughs> uh, you know, of training that I've gone through in my life. But but none of that really teaches me or empowers me about how to live life effectively. And so some, you know, we put our confidence in. Uh, the wisdom of man, which God says, you know, the wisdom of man is the foolishness of God. And and we put our confidence in these things and think we'll have a better life. When I gave my life to the Lord, yeah, I had a high school education and I was making money. But the truth is, you know, I knew that I really didn't know much about how to live life. I didn't know how to get along with people. I didn't, I, I just, I needed to know how life was supposed to work. And so when I was reading the Bible, I was always reading the Bible from an application point of view. It's like, what would this look like if I was if I was really doing this? What would this look like if I really tried to put this into practice? And so and so sadly, most of the people that read the Bible really diligently, they're just finding information to judge other people and criticize other people instead of finding how I'm going to treat other people and how I'm going to relate to others. Or they think they're they get into dead works. They think that by reading the Bible, God's going to reward them in some special way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, returning back to a place of the supremacy of, of the Word of God in, in a believer's life, as we began today, that establishes your foundation. That is yep. your place where you return home. And, you know, we, we want to be able to think, we want to be able to be creative, but we've got to go back to the absolutes that there are, um, there is right, there is wrong, there is a yes, and there is a no. Yep. And when you begin to recognize that I build my life on the foundation of the truth of God that's found in His Word, then I've always got a place to go back, and it brings us security rather yeah. than just you know 
again, being tossed to and fro, you know, whatever, you know, wind of doctrine is coming through, you know, this year, whatever anyone else is saying. But if you can get back to the truth of the word of God, it'll bring a stability and it'll bring a direction to your life like none other. So what would you say, Jim, to the person who's listening to this and, and just saying, how, how does this look like in my life? I don't want to participate with dead works. How, how, does, how do I apply this to my life? Well, you know, uh, to, to some degree, we've, there's got to be this internal realization or internal uh, uh, admission to the fact that, that God's smarter than I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, that, and, that, uh, and that, you know, because God created me, he knows how I can live in peace. He knows how I can function in a way that, you know, that I'm going to be happy, that I'm going to be satisfied, that I'm going to have good relationships. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, there's a scripture I always think about, and, and the King James translates it as prosperity, but in the Hebrew, it's a word, it's a word that's way bigger than financial prosperity. It's, it's about living at ease. It's about you know, it's about all of your life working. And, 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 and it tells us, you know, that, that the blessings of the Lord causes us to prosper and he, and, and he adds no trouble to it. Mm. And, and I always think about that in every aspect of life. If I walk in God's wisdom, then I'm going to succeed. And, 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 you know, you know, I don't have much conflict in my life. You know, I've gone through yeah. this, you know, I've got, I've got six girls and uh, uh, so I've, I've gone through, you know, the same stuff every parent goes through. I've had kids run wild, go crazy, lose their mind. You know, I've had financial challenges, you know. And, and you guys know that when you're in the ministry, you know, people look at you and go, well, you know, you're, you know, you're in the ministry. People are, are contributing to your ministry. You always have more money. And you think, well, yeah, but here's the difference is, is for you, a financial breakthrough might be $1,000. There's been times for me that if I didn't come up with a million dollars, I was going to sink. And, and mm-hmm. not, not because I was spending it on myself, because I was spending it around the world on missions. So, so you know, I face all the same uh, struggles that everybody does. But I have come to realize that, you know, that with that with God, if I walk in his ways, I always come out on top. And, and that doesn't mean somebody else has to lose. It doesn't mean I nope. win. Somebody in fact, else no one else has to lose then. I mean, it has to, that's exactly right. And so, and so, you know, so I, you know, I don't like pain. I've had, I've had my share of emotional and physical pain. I don't like pain. Uh, I think I said there's a few weeks on the program. You know, I, I don't ever, I never made any kind of claim to be a super righteous person who, who is so godly. I just want to always do everything the the godly way, just because I'm godly. I, I tell you what, I, I want to do things the godly way because I don't like pain, and I trust God more than I trust myself. And that so, and that sense that you said you have to come to this point where you just know that you know that God is smarter. Than you yeah. and his his ways really are higher, and you know it's it's interesting. This morning I was um, I woke up and I listened to a, a a quick little devo, and it was about um, about how Paul said he was always content in every circumstance. He's had a lot and he's had a little, but he's learned how to be content. In Philippians, it talks about that. And when you describe this prosperity that was more than just financial prosperity, it was that incredible peace and life at ease. I think that's what Paul was talking about. It was like you know what. 
I can have a ton. I can have not much because there are seasons in life. There are seasons when things go, you know, pruning. There's seasons of all kinds of stuff. But I have learned that this piece, this really what he was describing is a foundation. I have this foundation of faith that I know God, that I know he's smarter than me. And Jeremiah 17 talks about how we will not depend on human strength. In fact, it is so foolish that we actually know that God's smarter than me and I'm going to depend on God and trust him. You know, uh, this uh, this whole concept of transformation, you know, the, the question's got to be answered. Why do I want transformation anyhow? Why don't I just why don't I just want to stay how I am? Well, again, that goes back to what we're talking about. I, I want to go through transformation. It's not because you know God loves us the way we are. God loves us and accepts us. But most of the problems that we have in life, most of the pain that comes to us in life comes about because of character issues that we have that cause us to make bad decisions, uh, particularly in relationships, you know, or in business. We make we make bad decisions. We make decisions that don't work. We make decisions are, that are not effective. And so if, if, if I experience internal transformation where not only – Am I have this sense of of what of what God's wisdom is for a situation, but I also have the strength to always carry it out. Then, then I start solving the character problems that have persistently and consistently gotten me into trouble in the past. So, if you just want a better quality of life, Jesus said, "I've come; they might have a life, have it more abundantly." So, if you just want a better quality of life then that's reason right there to to want to uh, read the Word of God. Yes. Seek God, you know, with your life. But it's also reason to say, I want to go through transformation. I want, you know, I, I, think, I'm a, I think I'm a really good husband. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every year as, as, you know, as our life changes, our marriage changes. And so uh, if I keep doing, if, if, I'm, if I keep doing what I did 10 years ago, that I might not still be a good husband yeah. today because those needs change. I just I want to be alive to God. I want to be alive to the people around me. I want to be in touch with, with you know where I'm going today as a person to, to interact with, to love, to connect with the people that, uh, you know that I love, the people that are in my life. Even I, I, you know, so I want to be a better friend. I want to be I want to be a better enemy. I want to be the kind of enemy that doesn't seek revenge. I want to be a better father. And that's not, you know, saying that doesn't mean I think I'm bad at what I'm at, at these things. It just means I just always want to be developing. So the question for our listeners is this: Do you want to be a do you want to be a better person? Not not because you're trying to get God to love you, not because you're trying to get God to bless you, but do you want to be a better person so that you really are walking in in love, so that you're really treating people around you, but so that you're a better father, a better mother, a better husband, a better wife, a better business person, or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jim, the application of the Word of God then for you in these areas, what would that kind of look like for you? As you study the Word of God, as you read the Word of God, and you're using the the Word of God, you know, as that mirror. But then let's begin to take the application. Where, where does the application then come from, from uh, taking the Word of God as something that's written, something that I'm reading, something that I'm studying, and then bringing that application to my life where I'm really experiencing then the transformation that I want? Well, you know, um, uh, 
you know, I've made this reference when we were talking in one of the recent podcasts. You know, the, 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 the Hebrews had a saying. They said that the, that the Torah has 70 faces. And, and what they were saying by that is like there's, there's never just one exact way to translate or interpret something. And they go through all of these different ways that they would look at the word, and and uh, I, and and you know, I, for example, you know, we know that to to interpret the word of God, interpret mm-hmm. everything that God ever said in the Old Testament, you know, first and foremost, we we've, we've got to look at Jesus. Is this consistent with the life and the teaching of Jesus? Is this consistent with what? is the way I understand this in harmony with or opposed to what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. So, you know, is, is how I'm trans, if how I'm translating is consistent with the names of God. So we have all these ways that we can say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is this, am I, am I interpreting this based on love? So I understand that everything in the word of God is always needs to be a revelation of God's love for man, something that makes me fall more deeply in love with God, more deeply in love with mm-hmm. people around me, and more accepting of myself. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna approach it from you know from that perspective. But what's interesting, the the, the ancient Hebrews, they they also said that after you go through all of these ways of looking at what the Word of God might be saying or it might be meaning, the very last thing was, okay, so in light of how I'm interpreting what I'm reading, what would this look like? How would I apply this to my life? Yes. Because if it does not come down to life application, we mm-hmm. are just wasting our time. We're filling our head with information. Uh, and and really, that, that kind of will always ultimately lead to dead works. Why would you keep reading your Bible if, if you weren't seeking to know how to live life so so i want you know i want to go in with the right mindset understanding everything god does is about love but but then i want to go always the bottom line though is if this is true given where i am right my right now in my life how would i apply this yeah jesus says let me sum this up for you it'll all come down to you loving god more (laughs) loving yourself and loving others but it's the word of God that actually will lead you and direct you and help you, you know, through all circumstances of life to discover him and to serve others and have a healthy, right, true identity of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where the transformation begins yep. is is within my very yieldedness of my ways for his ways, my thoughts for his thoughts, and uh, and a surrendering, and and I find that you know when when reading through the Word of God, it's it's that I'm able, and we've talked about this th- throughout the podcast, where I'm able to lay down my opinion, yeah, because my opinions get really strong sometimes, and yep. it and that is where I surrender, but in my surrendering and yielding. It's not as though I'm waving the white flag saying I quit, but rather there's a yieldedness where I'm I'm um, picking up a more true um, understanding of who I am, a more true understanding of who he is and 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 who others are, and there's a strength that comes to me, yeah. you know, rather than you know this sure. this idea of I'm just you, I'm surrendering, I'm a nobody. No, no, no. I'm Mm-mm. extremely important to him. 
I'm a somebody, and this is telling me what I look like as a somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is revealing the very the word of God will reveal the very best version of you mm. that could that could ever That's ever right. ever exist. And if we read it with self judgment, that will not help. That will not happen. Oh no, you've got to no. read it into more of knowing that Jesus is living His life in you. Now, you know, you know. I always tell people read the word prayerfully. Okay. Now. And, and two aspects of that is, first of all, you know, you know in, in almost 45 years of reading the Bible diligently, I, I've never picked up my Bible that God didn't speak to me. A lot of people say, well, God never speaks to me. And it's like, well, when I pick up my Bible, inwardly, I always say, you know, I say it or, or desire it or intend it. It's like, Holy Spirit, teach me. Show me what I need today. Show me, show me something, you know, valuable today. That's, that's always the way I go into it. You know, most of what we do in counseling in the area of put off, put on, you know, and, and you know, the three components of transformation, the, the, the three prime components are put off the old man, uh, renew, renew the mind, put on the new man. And, and the reason we end up having to do that in counseling and the reason I've had to develop dozens of programs to teach people how to do put off, put on is because people aren't doing it as a way of life. See, most of my put off, uh, put off, renew the mind, put on, took place just reading the Bible. It didn't take place in a counseling session. It didn't take place uh, with somebody having to take me through, you know, some kind of a program. <clears throat> because if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm looking for this how to, mm-hmm. if I'm looking for how to live, if I'm looking for this quality of life, and I'm picking up my Bible. And, 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 it's, and it's always about, okay, you know, I'm, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm this new creation. So the, the Bible is not telling me what's wrong with me. The Bible is showing me, particularly the life of Jesus, is showing me what my life would look like if I would just yield to who I really am. You know what, Jim, if people are hearing this, and because I've, I've had so many couples in, in the counseling office, you know, marriages, uh, individuals, young people, and and it's almost as though they're just waiting. Would you please just tell me what to do? Tell me how this is going to work. And when you present to them the truth of the word of the of God, sometimes it's almost like, okay, yeah, I get that, but just tell me what to do. And it's almost as though people are wanting to bypass the truth of the word of God. And are just looking for another person's opinion, you know, that, well, can it be this way? Couldn't it be that? Wouldn't this be all right? Won't this work for me? But when you get back to the truth of the Word of God, when you anchor yourself in in His absolutes, that's when life begins to flourish yet again. Mm-hmm. And you embrace... Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I'm reminded of of uh, the Gospel of John chapter 1, and it says that um, through Moses came the law, but through Jesus came both the the grace and the truth. And a lot of people want to experience the grace of God without embracing the truth of God. And it's when you embrace his truth, you discover his grace for that to become your reality. You see, people are kind of really, they don't know they're saying this, but this by default gets people in dead works. People are saying, tell me what to do 
independent of me growing, developing, or transforming. Yeah. So, so it's like, just tell me, tell me what I got to do. Yeah. Tell me the formula. Tell me, yes. t- you know, whatever. Now, you know, see, the, remember the, the second dimension of prayer. You know, I said there's, you know, there's two dimensions of prayer when we read the Word of God. We got to always remember that the, that the word pray in the Hebrew means to assess or judge the situation according to God's Word and then to reconcile it. So if I'm, if I'm reading God's word, uh, let, let's say that, uh, let's say I'm reading this story about, uh, what was his name? Was it, was his name Nahum or the, uh, uh, that, that, um, that came down to Elijah and he, he was a general in the Syrian army, I think. Mm-hmm, and yep. he, and he had leprosy. Naaman, I think. Naaman, that's it, Naaman. And, and so, so, you know, he came to Elijah and Elijah said, go, go dip yourself in the Jordan or something, you know, seven times. And, and and you'll be healed. And he got angry and he said, you know, man, we got rivers at home. You know, why should I go, why should, why should I go to your river? I could have done this at my house. And so he's mad and he's just going back to, uh, back to, uh, uh, back home. And, and his servant says, now, Lord, if he'd have asked you to do something hard, you would have done it. So, you know, it's sort of like you came all this way. Why not do <laughs> if it was a lump what? of money, pay yeah. this, he would have more than gladly done it. Exactly. So you know so let's say let's say you're reading a story like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assess and then I'm gonna reconcile. So I might realize and, and like I read you know, when I would read a story like that, I would you know, I would just kind of just stop and say, How can I how, do I see me in this story anywhere? And and you know, I can remember when I first read that story, you know, realizing you know, every hard thing that God's ever asked me to do, I did. I did it, you know, immediately, every big thing. Uh, but some of those small things, then I started reasoning. I didn't understand why it made sense. I didn't understand why it was important. I couldn't see why there was any significance to it. I wanted to understand it before I was willing to do it. So, <clears throat> so you know, a situation like that, that's where, that's where you put off the old man. You know, inwardly, so you've already had your mind renewed. So inwardly, you're like, you know what? I, I see myself in that. So you know what? I'm, I'm, Lord, I don't want to be that way anymore. I'm, I'm letting go of that. I'm, I'm choosing not to be that person anymore who needs mm-hmm. a, a, an intellectual explanation. I'm just, I'm choosing to be the person that's just going to obey you, regardless of whether it makes sense to me or not, as long as it doesn't violate your word. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, and, and, that's your put off. And that was your put off, put on. Yeah. And I've already got my mind made up, and, and so and so you, and so what I would what I always did, and I, you know to this day still do it. And usually I would even stop and sometimes inwardly picture myself going to the Jordan and doing what Nahum you know was told to do, and 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 uh, and dunking myself seven times. And so so in some way I'm going to let go of if I see myself, I got to assess it, and I say, oh oh, I see that I have that. Well, I've already renewed my mind. So now I'm choosing to be this person that obeys. So, you know, I did that with everything. If, you know, if I saw, if I'm reading a story about Jesus going down the road and, and somebody is calling out to him and wants him to minister to him, you know, I, I would picture myself, okay, I'm, I'm walking down the road. Somebody, somebody calls out to me and wants me to, to pray for him. And I would kind of say, you know, how would I feel in that situation? Would I be intimidated? Would I be threatened? Would I, you know, whatever. And then I would, again, go through that whole thing of seeing myself do it, put off, put on. And so, so we, if, if we're truly seeking God, just reading the Bible 
in a prayerful state of mind, we can take ourselves through putting off. And see, the old man is, is not who you were before you got saved. It's any aspect of who you think you are. It's any aspect of, of what you yield to that is not rooted in your true identity. See, I, I, the people I counsel, and, and, and you know, you guys know this. Our ministry is about making disciples, which is rooted in the Lordship of Jesus. And, you know, I'm not interested in getting people to start from the place of what do I need to do. I'm interested in getting people to start from the place of who am I, and if this is who I am, what would this look like? In real life. You know what, Jim? You've really helped me to um, just have a new softness and gentleness when I go to open the Word of God and to read. Because, you know, sometimes we just read, sometimes in desperation, sometimes it's just as out of habit, whatever it might be. But to have that prayerful countenance and position to say, yeah. I am opening this Word of God. For, and, I, and I have done that a lot in the past, but I've never actually put in the words put off and put on while I'm reading the Bible like this is a new new idea for me even though I do it I've never intentionally seen and recognized the process that's going on because I told you just this morning I was reading in Philippians how Paul said he was content to have a lot and content to have a little and then you know the Lord the Holy Spirit was talking to me about seasons and in the last couple days just some indicators have happened in my own heart where I'm being sensitive to hear that God is saying you know, there is a season change about to happen in your life. There's seasons changing. Um, but so I'm going to put off any kind of anxiety about that or even any kind of resistance to seasons changing because, yeah, because you know what? We can resist a season change and miss an entire uh, thing that actually goes back to God smarter than me. He understands that seasons do have to change. So, you know, I, I was putting off the anxiety and the confusion about the season change and I put on. The embracing. Hey, I can be yep. content. Whatever yep. season I am in, this is good. Absolutely. absolutely. And that was just this you, morning. And that's why for yeah. our listener, it's every day. This isn't just, you know, you know what I'm saying? This is this is every day the the Holy Spirit is is really closer than than any friend could ever be. Like Ab- absolutely. And and you know, he's never, never, you know, you know, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I tell people all the time. You know, the Holy Spirit is always trying to lead us, always. Mm-hmm. We never face a tragedy that he doesn't either try to get us to avoid or prepare us to be able to handle exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and never. We, we never have any situation that, that really should take us by surprise. And people really get mad at that. I had a, a dear friend that I love, you know. He, he said, you know, I, I, he said, Jim, you know, that makes me mad. He said, you know, my, my wife died recently. And he said, you know, I had no clue. Uh, that, that this was going to happen. Well, well, sometimes he prepares us and we get equipped, even though we don't know what we're getting equipped yes. for. Yes, yes, I agree It's just like that. this change that you're going through. Yes. Or, you know, uh, 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 anyhow, I don't want to go too far too far into that, but but <clears throat> if, if you know, so many times, if, if God were to, it, it, first of all, so, so many people think that if God is warning you about something, that, that it's a premonition and you can't change it. You know, most of the disasters that God has ever shown me that were coming, the truth is I, I, I changed them. He was showing me so that I would use my authority to change that situation. And I'll tell you, hundreds of lives have been saved. You know, I got a call from a guy just, oh, two or three days ago. And I, man, I hadn't talked to him more than a handful of times in the last 10, 12 years. 
And uh, he just called me. He said, you know, he said, this, and he's, he's kind of up in age, you know, he's, he's old, older than I am. So that means he is up in age. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of about 70 ish right now. And so he called me and said, uh, he said, man, he always called me Bubba. He says, listen, Bubba, I was just sitting around here just thanking God for, you know, for my life. And, and I'm just so thankful that I know him. And he said, you know, I can't, I can't think about knowing God without thinking about you. And he said, so I just want to call you. And he said, I just remember when you found me in the woods with a gun in my mouth. And, you know, I was just at home one day and God just put this person on my heart, went to his house. He wasn't there. And I just stood out in front of his house and said, all right, God, you, you sent me here. Something's going on. And, you know, just one step after another. And I, and I found him ready to commit suicide. Well, you know, so many people think, well, if God were to show me something like that, I would just assume there's nothing I could do about it. I want to tell you something. We have authority in this earth. We have authority in our lives. We can make choices. We can stop things. But I, we got to be the person that does that. Yeah. And that we become the person that does those kinds of things because we're constantly recognizing who we really are. Yes. We're, you know, we are exactly like Jesus on the inside. Yes. We just, we just got to be willing to let that come to the outside. You know, you know, uh, I, I, I was driving down. I've had this happen several times over the years. Just be driving down the road on my way to somewhere, you know, have no intention uh, other than I got to get to my destination. And I've, I've had this happen numerous times. Drive by a church. And the Lord speak to me and said, go into that church. And I'd turn around and go back, pull in the parking lot, go into the church, and they'd be having a service. And all I knew was, I'm supposed to be here. I don't know what's next. And I'd be in that church, and I cannot tell you how many times the Lord say, now, in a few minutes, the pastor's going to say something. I want you to stand up or raise your hand or something. And numerous times, uh I would, and it would turn out that the pastor was seeking something or sensing something and praying for a word from the Lord that he wasn't able to hear, and I, and, and they would turn the whole service over to me. You know, that just don't happen. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was in South Africa in a church of 25,000 people, Yeah, and uh, I was just passing through this particular, through South Africa on my way to Zaire to go, to go do some missions work. And I heard that this big old church there was having this conference. And in my heart, I just had this sense of, you need to be there tonight. You know, I, I, I need for you to do something there. Well, I had no, I hadn't, you know, it didn't matter to me what it was. It didn't matter if I was going to witness to somebody or what. And so, um, you know, I, I, I go to that meeting. And, and as I'm driving there, or as the driver's taking us there, I didn't drive. As the driver's taking us there, I'm just having this this sense of, of a message, so to speak, you know, that, yep. that I needed to share. I didn't know if it was going to be a prophecy. I didn't know what it was going to be. Uh-huh. And so I, so we actually got there late. So I thought, man, we, I've messed this up. And so I go walking down the aisle and uh, sit down. And, and, and uh, my friend that was with me had just given me a Bible cover that was a snakeskin Bible cover. I still have it to this day. And, uh, and so when I sat down and, and, the, and the pastor's already up preaching in a few minutes, he stopped and he says, uh, you, I mean, we're in a church of 25,000 people. And he says, you, uh, the guy with the, with the, with the Bible cover, <laughs> he says, uh, he says, uh, do you have something for us tonight? 
And I said, I stood up and I said, yes, I do. And he said, well, I've been waiting. He said, I've been waiting for you to get here. Where have you been? And, and so, you know, so I, so I preached to 25,000 people that night. And, wow. and, and, and so it doesn't, you know, and I, you know, I could go on and on with stories where, right. where, you know, my kids' lives have been saved. Other people's yes, lives have been yes. saved. And, 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 and the thing is that that really doesn't come because I'm trying to do anything it comes because I, because I'm choosing who I am as I read the Bible, and, yes. and and if I see any part of what Jesus did or what Paul did or what any prophet did, and I say, man, I'd be afraid to do that. Yeah, then I'll just stop and say, okay, why would I be afraid to do that? You know, because uh, and, and, I want to, I, I want to be the. I don't want to just do those things. I want to be that person. I want to be the man that will do those things right. because I trust God. Yeah, I love it. I. For myself, I still have images in my mind f- for myself uh, that date all the way back even to some, you know, um, pre-Bible college, in Bible college years ago that I've experienced, you know, in my heart, but I haven't yet seen it realized. Yeah. But I'm prepared and I'm ready for it. Yes. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I I'm do. I'm prepared. And I'm ready for it. And I just, I, I know it's time to bring this particular podcast to a close, but I'll tell you, this is an adventure that, it, listener, if this isn't sparking something in you, there's something wrong with you. Because, I mean, this should spark in you that I'm going to go get my Bible and I'm going to be the person in the Bible, whatever that is. And I'm going to pre- be prepared for that, be ready in season yeah. and out of season. Yep. We've talked a little Instant. bit about Instant in season, out season. I love that. Yeah, be ready. Just be that person that is in communion with God. There is no life more incredible in every sense, from the place of adventure to the place of peace. Every paradox there is, he is absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And when you walk and talk with him, there is there is not a dull moment. And yeah. there's those moments when we're, when we're still before God, and we just are that still that we can see the smallest things in nature or whatever that is. And then there's times in magnitude that he's, he's huge. But anyway, this is inspiring. You can tell that I'm yeah, inspired. Yeah. But I believe that we're going to put off and put on and, and invest in our foundations. Listener, invest in the foundation of your faith. Get to know the Word of God, not just by reading it, by, but, but by putting off and putting on and prayerfully seeking through those scriptures, knowing that there is something for you today. There, mm-hmm. You are not exempt and you are not disqualified. There's yeah. something for you today that's very personal in the Word of God. Yeah, and I would like to just encourage those who began the new year with a new Bible reading program, <laughs> and they want to get through the New Testament. They want to get. They want to read their Psalms. They want to get through the Old Testament. You know, whatever it might be. Well, they 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 probably what Ex, Exodus, Leviticus, that kind of thing, and and they're just getting bogged <clears throat> down if they're reading through. Yeah. I'm telling you, pick up your Bible and just keep reading it again. And and yep. don't look at it as a, just a task I've got to accomplish or get done. You know, a certain amount of chapters. Just begin to allow the Word of God to really speak to your very heart again. And recognize that the Word of God will reveal to you the very best version of you. Yeah. Jim, thank you. This has been a great day. It has been. I, you know, and I... You know, the person that pursues God the way we're talking about is the person that will nearly never end up in a counselor's office (laughs) because the Holy Spirit, you know, the Bible calls him our counselor. I love it. 
Yes. And the Holy Spirit will be our counselor because because day by day we'll put off those things that would eventually destroy our marriage. We'll put you know, yeah. we'll put off we'll put on the You're character. You're talking traits. truth, Jim Bob. Yeah, we'll put on character traits that will you know, that will keep us in love. Yeah. Not only with our spouses but but with our friends. Yeah. And and so so man, make make this a life journey. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot, Jim. So good. All right, everyone. Thank you for investing in your heart and life today. And keep yourself out of the counselor's office. Seek God in his word. <laughs> we love y'all. Have a good one. Be sure to share this with others and we'll see you next time next week here with our Live Transform podcast. Bye-bye.